now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Isn't it a lovely morning? On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 803 The Time. Hour number two here on Sports 56 Mornings. The Monday, December 11th, 2023 edition. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, their Christmas sale continues two weeks until Christmas. Two weeks exactly from today. 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. It's cold out there, folks, if you haven't uh, figured it out for yourself yet. 28 degrees, sunshine. We're looking at a high of 54 today. It will be breezy tonight, fair and cold, with a low of 36 degrees. Second hour of the program brought to you each and every day by our friends at James Gaddis Jewelers. And every Monday and Friday, they bring you the Memphis Sports Fact. Did you know, with the Tigers' 81-75 win at Texas A&M yesterday, it was their first true road win over a ranked opponent since February 12, 2022, when they won at number 6 Houston. Just in time, James Gaddis Jewelers has all kinds of new antique and vintage jewelry for you for the holidays. So if you're looking for something completely different, you need to head over to James Gaddis Jewelers. If you're planning on popping the question, over the holidays. They are your bridal engagement and anniversary jeweler headquarters. Been selling beautiful engagement rings, wedding rings, personally designed wedding sets for years and years. You need something appraised, bring it on in. You need your gold, silver, diamonds to be sold and get a good price, you're going to get it at James Gaddis Jewelers. They are full service jewelers with two bench jewelers ready to serve you. All their diamonds are independently graded and certified. They know there's a lot of competition, and there is, so they make sure they have a price point to suit everyone's budget. James Gaddis Jewelers, your family's jeweler, 4900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick, and on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. Did you uh, enjoy yourself on Saturday calling the AutoZone Liberty Bowl High School All-Star Game? Wasn't too bad a delay, was it, with the weather? Uh, no, they delayed the the kickoff was delayed about forty five minutes because of lightning in the area. Um, but then after that, the weather cooperated um, very nicely. Actually, it it, you know, it got colder certainly as the game went along. It was uh, didn't stay as warm as it was when they started when it was in the seventies. But um, no rain um, during the game and no more lightning delays or anything like that. So moved along quickly. The the, the defenses uh, did a lot of scoring in the game, and uh, but then the red team. Offense got things going in the second half, so yeah, it was it was fun. Congratulations to all the uh, participants, both the players, the coaches, and all the fans who braved the elements. I had a chance to call the Memphis women's basketball game against Southern Miss yesterday, and it was just a treat to see Joy Lee McNellis again, the women's basketball coach at Southern Miss, who's second on the all-time coaches win list at the University of Memphis. She is battling, as a lot of people know, lung cancer for a third time, and it is stage four. And I had a chance to talk to her for about 40 minutes on a Zoom call to prepare for the game. And um, just uh, one of my favorites. And um, she said, listen, I'm not going to slow down this team. I'm going to do everything I can. But it's tough to see her uh, battling the way she is. But she is battling. And it was good to see a lot of former players there. Lynn Parks was over there, former uh, associate AD 
And Memphis pulled it out in the final moments, won a dramatic game over Southern Miss, who came in previously unbeaten at 7-0. and So a nice win for Memphis. But again, it was great to see Joy Lee McNellis. We've been talking a lot about the Memphis Tigers' men's victory over 21st-ranked Texas A&M, 81-75. If you'd like to talk about the game, 360-8255, 901-360-8255, Sports 56 listener lines. You can also hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the website, sportsmemphis.com. Talking Grizzlies as well, as they return to action against the Mavericks tonight at home. The return of John Morant is scheduled for a week from tomorrow at New Orleans. We also had the huge news over the weekend, then still waiting for the official introductory press conference. But Shohei Otani, I thought he was going to stay on the West Coast. I thought he was going to sign with the Dodgers. He does. Ten years, $700 million. The largest contract in Major League Baseball history by more than $250 million. Yeah, that's uh, it's not bad money if you can get it. Um, <laughs> and we're still waiting to find out. They're talking about um, there is a you know, large amount of that money that is deferred money. So we don't know exactly uh, what the the current money is versus deferred money. But, man, oh, man, $700 million. Like That's whew, that is that, that is. That's eye-popping. For, I mean, the talk before was like he could get $500 million. Yeah, I, I said it's got to be he, half a billion. Then he right? gets hurt mm-hmm. and is not going to pitch for a year. Mm-hmm. And you don't know for sure exactly what, what he will be. I mean, guys obviously come back from Tommy John, all that stuff. It, it, so you figure it'll be fine. But, but he gets hurt. So you go from thinking, yeah, 500 maybe a little over that, to gets hurt and signs a $700 million contract. I mean, the Dodgers don't care. And again, with the deferred money, we'll see how much that is, um, so how much they're actually it, it, uh, they're paying him right now. But man, oh man, that, that is just it is it's it's just it's it's crazy to think seven hundred million dollars for a baseball player. Yeah, if you you take out the deferred money, and again, we don't have all the details of the contract. Just look at the actual amount of the contract, and you look at the top contracts in baseball. You have Mookie Betts, who's in the top five. Between Mookie Betts and Shohei Otani, over the course of their contracts, the Dodgers are paying out over a billion dollars. That's billion with a B to two players over the course of their current contracts. Not to mention what they're paying Freddie Freeman and some of the other stars on that team. So now, look... I know the Braves and that great run with that great pitching staff won only one World Series title. And I'm sure those guys were handsomely paid. But nothing like the money the Dodgers are shelling out. Not not even in the same stratosphere. Point being is, if you're going to spend this type of money, you have to have results. And it can't be one World Series title. The Dodgers, in my opinion, or Shohei Otani, have to win a couple of World Series titles. They have to win multiple World Series titles. Or, in my opinion, it's a failure. One does not cut the mustard. And if you don't win any, it's a colossal disaster. Well, one thing I'm sure of, um, Shohei will finally get a chance to play in the postseason. That's a pretty good bet. So he will he will finally get the, get that opportunity. Um, Raider Corey says, uh, Texas, $1.3 million per week. 
Yeah, it's like one point what three five or three four something like that million dollars. Oh my gosh! Every week of the year, like just it's I mean seventy million dollars a year. Do these guys get paid the same way we all get paid, Joe Q Public? Like every couple of weeks, probably direct deposit into their account. Yeah, I don't know how that works during season and off season, or I, I don't. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but I, yeah, I mean they get paid every two weeks. But but days. think think about this before taxes. If it's 1.3, is that the number? If you get paid every other week, so every two weeks, and all of a sudden you look and there's your pay, and it's 2.6 million every two weeks. Yeah. I mean, look in your account. Oh, another 2.6 million. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Oh my gosh. And and guess what? The thing is with this the deferred money, which I'm sure is going to be. If it's the same as what they did with bets percentage wise, I think somebody said it would be like a hundred. The, the actual contract would be for right now what they're paying him, but I think it would be like five, around 570 something, if I remember, 580. Mm-hmm. If they do like the same percentage of deferred money that they have in Mookie Betts' contract. But I think like, you know, people always talk about the Bobby Bonilla thing. Like these guys are going to be getting massive checks for. Ever and ever right. when their playing careers are done. Right, much like more Bobby, than Bobby got. Yeah, like these guys are like... If, or is I getting. Mean, he's going to have... Like if that's the case, he's having like $120, $130 million deferred. Like, so when, like well after he's done playing, he'll have a $100 million contract, essentially. <laughs> like it's... I mean, it's just... It's stupid. And like what the for the Dodgers, it doesn't matter. Like the Dodgers have right. an endless supply of money. They don't, it does not matter to them. They don't care. And um, they are willing to, as they've proven over and over again. I mean, just look at that roster now with Betts and Freeman and Shohei. Like the, just the pure MVP awards on their on the roster. It's it's just it's absolutely insane. Right. It, it's worth it. If you can afford it, and they can afford it, but it's worthless if there's no result in the end. There has to be a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for them to look back and say, yeah, that was a great look. They're going to get sellouts all the time. There's going to be so many eyeballs on Shohei Otani. But as you said, they've had MVPs and MVP candidates before. They need to win, and they need to win quickly. And they need to win multiple times. But there was no doubt in my mind that Shohei Otani is staying on the West Coast. It's interesting now you see all these stories about Toronto and this and that. Look, there's two reasons I thought he was going to stay on the West Coast. But the main reason was Japan, it's a lot quicker to get to Japan from the West Coast than it is from Toronto. And I always thought about that, that that was a reason to do so. He's used to that warm weather. And now you feel good for all those foreign reporters, photographers who have come to the United States. Their job is to follow Shohei Otani. Now they don't have to get up and move and move their families anywhere because they're right there in the same area of California, Southern California. Makes it real easy on them. But uh, it's, it's not. Here's the thing. It wasn't startling to me. I've always said it's got to be minimum half billion. Half billion without a question, but you're right. The point is that the guy can't pitch in 2024. So you're only getting one dimension of Shohei. 
But they are banking on him coming back from Tommy John, that he'll be back to being his normal two-way self in 2025, being able to pitch and win games and do his hitting and win games, or at least help your team win games. Ron Texan says, L.A. trying to buy championships. Uh, yes. Five years, he probably won't even be playing. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how... You know, it, certainly, there's no sign right now that to think he can't play into his late 30s with... You know, certainly, and we'll see again how long he can continue to be a two-way guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe the pitching drops off. I mean, maybe the hitting drops off a little bit. I don't know. We, we don't know. How old is he now? But, but again, they don't... I don't. The Dodgers don't care. Like the Dodgers, the money part of it doesn't matter. Yes, they are. They and the Yankees they are will continue buying, to buy, yes, try and buy championships. Trying to buy a championship. There no is question. no salary cap. They don't care about paying the competitive balance tax or whatever they call it in baseball. Like it doesn't matter to them. They are. They will continue to go out and try and sign the best players every single year because they do not care about the money. They've got plenty of it to go around. Here's the thing in baseball, though: the team with the most expensive, if you will, um, roster, the biggest payroll, don't always win. And that's the great thing about it. Yes, they're trying to buy a championship, but it doesn't guarantee you. How old is Shohei Otani now? Uh, I think he's 28 or 29. So, who is it, Ron? Who Who's the texter doesn't think they'll, he'll still be playing at 33-34, huh? Well, if he's, if he's 29, which... Uh, 34. He's saying so that at 35, you is what he's saying. Again, I don't I, I don't think he'll still be playing. Will he still be as effective as he is now? I don't know. And certainly on again, can you do a two be a two way guy for that long? I have no idea. Yeah, the back half of that contract is when you're going to feel it the most because the certainly the tools of that player are going to start to wind down. They're going to start to fade a little bit. But this guy's been a freak so far in his career. Who knows if he can't be a freak into his mid to upper thirties? But if the um, and, and depending on and if it's the way every other sport goes, as the years go by, TV money continues to increase. Seventy million dollars eight years from now might not be a crazy contract. There might be other guys making seventy million dollars at that point. You see, he may become just one of the guys who's making that much money. Buddy Biancalana played too early, man. The money he could make ten years from now, but but I mean, you look at the Yankees who make the Juan Soto trade, the Dodgers go get Troy. Like yes, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, it's still the same thing. Like these teams have endless supplies of money; they're going to do whatever they can to try and continue to buy championships. What is the thing I saw with he, he makes he'll make an average of seventy million dollars a year, and seventy million dollars is more than the entire payroll of the Oakland A's, and I think the Baltimore Orioles as well this past season. Is that correct? Well, yeah, I mean, the A's haven't paid $70 million. You'd probably take the last, I don't know, five or six years. I'm not sure if their Combined? payroll takes, makes the or 70. Average. Well, certainly, I mean, their payroll this past year, what was it to start the year? It was like, I'm not sure if it was $30 million. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? You think about one guy's making way more than the entire payroll of a couple of different organizations. All right, let me get to the Sports 56 listener lines. We've been talking a lot about the Tigers and their win over Texas A&M. Our friend Melvin wants to chime in. Melvin, how are you? How are y'all doing? Doing fantastic. Thank you. First, right, let me touch on the USC game. I know y'all probably didn't watch because I've seen a lot of media members like, how can I get a Pac-12 network, which is a joke that... People won't have to worry about next year. 
I have not I have not seen USC play. I know obviously he's supposed to be a terrific player, but I have not actually watched them play. I mean him and Boogie Eddie, they were he was five or fifteen, Boogie was four or fourteen. Yeah, I saw Collier's I like saw them struggle. Yeah, I saw them Kyle. struggle, but I, I saw them struggle yesterday. I saw some of that game, but I've seen USC play, and I've seen Collier play. He's a freshman, but he's really, really talented. Boogie's Boogie. You're going to have those games where he puts up 29 points and games where he goes 3 of 15 from the field, but you know, it was, it was a great moment to see Bronny James return from a heart situation and have his father right there on the front row who's always supported him. Yeah, and back to the Tigers game. I know, like I know, like I've been watching ball for a long time. You guys are older than me, but did y'all when the game first started, the first few minutes, you got to feel that like this Texas A&M team, they can offensive rebound. You could see they like they weren't building us. I got to feel like you just had to feel it like the Tiger team are uh, better than this team. You know how we started off and we had the lead like throughout the game. You know the offensive rebound continued to kill us, but the plan, the defensive plan, was smart. Uh, I see it on, you know, you can't nothing to complain about, but I don't give you only have two big man stars, Malco and what's the name, and Jordan together. I stagger one, bring one off the bench. Mm-hmm. Then when Malco got a third foul, I don't know how he left a man, but yeah, I agree with you. That, that was a terrible call on Malco. He got fouled on the floor and he, he was out of control. Like, how do referees like call stuff like that? Like, yeah, especially when you look at it. The future is bad all the way around. Like, right, right. I'm with you. Thank you, Melvin. Appreciate the phone call. Look, I. I think early on, now I didn't get a chance to watch the game until the second half because I was doing the women's game. But when I saw the score and I saw what David Jones had done, in fact, I asked my partner Trey Draper, I said, who's doing what at halftime? Because we saw the score, and he looked at me and he smiled and he goes, David Jones has 21. Well, they had no answer for David Jones. And then as we said, Eli, they really stymied the top scorers for Texas A&M in that first half. They struggled. And, and Memphis had a good game plan to defend them. So early on, you knew that Memphis was going to be in this ballgame. Yeah, we had gotten a text from Drew. He says the assistant coach that had the A&M scout did a heck of a job. Great game plan, not letting Taylor get anything. That's it. If you can I mean, you do what they did against Coleman and Taylor, like any team that does that against A&M, you're going to be – I mean, that, it's, that's – I mean, to get – to hold Coleman to five shot attempts. Right. And if he's only getting six points, six rebounds, like – you're going to have success against A&M. And then you throw in, yes, what they did against Taylor, and they just made sure that basically, it, I'm sure, and Taylor got frustrated because, like, everywhere he went, like, there seemed to be two defenders waiting for him. Like, he just he had no chance. And you get guys like that, they'll end up forcing some shots because they just they, they feel like they have to score, especially when their team's down. Like, I've got to bring us back. So he's forcing some shots. He ends up going 0 for 9 from three-point range um, and 3 for 14 overall. Like, it was, a, it was a fantastic defensive effort. And then again, on the offensive end, when you get Jones going like that, you get Quinterly going, if those two are going... This team's going to be hard to beat. This team, and and they were efficient from the three point line, which that's all this team really needs to do. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a it was a fantastic overall effort, really on both ends of the court. Yeah, it was. But I really think they won this game because of what they did to Taylor, bottling him up as you just mentioned, three of fourteen. He got frustrated, started taking too many threes. He went zero of nine. Now the guy was a plus five. 
in nearly 35 minutes. He still ended up with eight assists, four steals, but he turned it over five times. But it was settling for those threes because he was getting frustrated the way he was defended. And then you mentioned with Henry Coleman only getting five shot attempts, they limited the big guys for Texas A&M, their stars. Now, they gave up a bunch of offensive rebounds again. Garcia got seven of his own. They ended up with 16. But Memphis did a good job getting 11 offensive boards themselves and out-rebounding A&M 37-35. Fleet Feet is the place to go to get all your running gear. You want to go see the folks at Fleet Feet at either one of the two locations in East Memphis. That's in the Laurelwood Shopping Center. Out in Collierville, it's at Poplar and Houston Levy, right next to the Hueys out there. The folks at Fleet Feet will take a look at the way you run, the way you walk. They'll get you fitted in shoes that are just right for you based on the way you run or walk. Plus, they've got everything else that you need, all the other gear that you need. And they always got things going on that you can get involved with for all the runners out there. Maybe you're just getting started running, whatever. Or the, they've got group runs and other things that they do. Of course, they sponsor a lot of 5Ks and other races around the area as well. They are right there, right in the center of that run. Community. If you've got a runner on that Christmas list, well, a gift card to uh, Fleet Feet certainly is going to make a great gift idea for any runner out there to go let them get some maybe some new shoes or some other gear that they need. Go see them. Fleet Feet again in East Memphis, Laurelwood Shopping Center in Collierville at Poplar and Houston Levy. Online at FleetFeetMemphis.com. Barrett Salee from CBS Sports and Sirius XM College Radio is on deck. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. On Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds are forever! Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 8.30 the time. Halfway home on this Monday edition of Sports 56 Mornings. Uh, Barrett Salee will not be able to join us today. After all, he just got called into a meeting, so we will uh, regroup with him for next Monday, talking college football. That gives us more time for your calls and your texts at 901-360-8255. Going to get back into Tigers basketball. Hour three, we'll dive into the National Football League. Remember, two games tonight, two Monday night games. We will have the Titans-Dolphins games game for you at 7 o'clock. Did want to bring up the news from Tulane that John Sumrall has been hired to replace Willie Fritz, who left to go to Houston. I think that's a great hire by Tulane. Yeah, he's certainly done a good job, and um, obviously with Tulane, a, a big part of it's going to be what happens with, I guess, Michael Pratt. But uh, but you know, he's he's a heck of it. Seems like a heck of a coach, and uh, I think it's a nice uh, nice hire for Tulane. Yeah, if they can keep Michael Pratt for what would be his final year, that would be a feather in the cap for John Summerall. But he did a, a fantastic job at uh, where was he Troy, mm-hmm. and I think. Um, He's the right guy for the job. It's a good pickup, I think. Tulane's able to offer a little bit more than they used to. Obviously, they have um, more NIL money to be able to deal with their players, although it's not money that uh, is is falling out of their pockets by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, uh, Willie Fritz uh, talked about it last year. That was one of the big reasons why he stayed, the commitment to football. But then again, the offer from Houston was too big to give up from both uh his personal standpoint from what they were able to offer him as a contract, but from a contract standpoint, but also from an NIL. Uh, also from the portal, 
Dylan Gabriel is moving on to Oregon. He goes from UCF to Oklahoma, and then from Oklahoma now to Oregon, where he will replace Bo Nix. Yeah, that was the uh, that one that had been rumored for a while. They make it official. Um, not a not a bad get for Dan Lanning and company up there to replace Bo Nix with Dylan Gabriel, who had a really good year at Oklahoma. So of course, had the uh, that amazing pass to beat Texas, that game winner, all that stuff. But uh, he's he's a really good one, and that's a that's a nice pickup for a replacement for for Oregon. Mississippi State also went into the portal and got themselves a new quarterback as Will Rogers has moved on. Blake Shapin, the quarterback at Baylor, now will take over at Mississippi State for Jeff Lebby's team. Also was made official over the weekend, Matt Barnes, as we talked about last week, and new, the defensive coordinator from the University of Memphis, moving on to become the co-defensive coordinator at Mississippi State and the safeties coach. So Ryan Silverfield in the market for a defensive coordinator. I'm sure there's no rush. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll have a D.C. in place for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. But I would imagine as far as that game against Iowa State is concerned, one of the position coaches on the defensive side will run the defense. Yeah, I would assume they'll have an interim coordinator one way or another for that game. And yeah, I don't know what the, the timeline is that, that Coach Silverfield has for hiring a new D.C., but certainly um, it's not something you have to get done immediately. Uh, before we get back into Tigers basketball, Grizzlies, and again, open up the phone lines to you, 901-360-8255. I mentioned earlier the sad news from the weekend, the passing of Frank Whitecheck, the former uh, Titans tight end. He was a pro bowler several times. He's part of the Titans Ring of Honor, then became a broadcaster, has died at the age of 52, and he was part of one of the most famous plays in NFL history, the Music City Miracle. Here's what it sounded like, in case you forgot. Do the Titans have a miracle left in them in what has been a magical season to this point? If they do, they need it now. Christie kicks it high and short. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, Pitches it, it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, 40, He's got something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. What a call from, uh, my, from um, Mike Keith. And Frank Whitecheck right in the middle of that with the pass across the field to Kevin Dyson. Sad news again, but man, what a what a moment in the history of the National Football League. So we got a, a text here on the Sports 56 Lister line. If you want to chime in, you can. 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. A text says, uh, this is from David. He says, Wade Taylor is shooting 37% over from the field, 25% from three so far this year to go along with three and a half turnovers. Yeah, Wade Taylor is not an efficient player. <laughs> that is one thing he is not. He is a um, he is a but he is a scorer. He, and it's actually funny if you look at his numbers game to game, especially his three point shooting. He is um, it's weird. Like he has he had the zero for nine against the Tigers. He's had an zero for seven. He's had a one for nine. He's had an zero for six. But then he also has like a five for eight game. He has a four for seven game. That's the key. You don't you don't want him to get it going. And the Tigers never allowed him any chance, really, to get it going yesterday. Yeah, it's, but wait, but wait, Taylor. Because if you get him off to a, 
he's going to take his shots. He is absolutely 100% going to get his shots. That is, he's, so if you, you just want to make it as difficult as possible because he's going to continue to fire shots. And the Tigers did a great job of making sure they never really lost him yesterday. They did. But if the Texas trying to downplay Wade Taylor, Wade Taylor makes his teammates better. He had eight assists in the game. Yes, he turned it over five times, but he was a plus five as far as the, uh, the, the uh, plus minus is concerned. So you're talking about a team that was beaten, was down by 14, rallied in the end. This guy played 34 minutes and 37 seconds, couldn't find the water from the pier, yet was a plus five in the game. Wade Taylor does a lot of good things, and Memphis did a really good job to frustrate him and to force him into many three-point attempts where he probably shouldn't have pulled the trigger at uh, those moments. Trying to get his team back in the game. Trying to take those, you know, make those threes. Get those three for twos. It just wasn't happening. So I thought the combination of his struggles and them limiting Coleman to just five shots was a key to the win. They obviously got a great performance from uh, the kid off the bench. Uh, was it Obaseki? Mm-hmm. He went for 21 points. They gave up a bunch of offensive rebounds, as I talked about. Uh, Anderson Garcia had seven of those. He ended up with 14 rebounds total with six points. That's still an issue for Memphis, but Memphis gets it done. They made key shots, and Quinterly took over like a veteran point guard should. And now Clemson, Virginia, Vanderbilt, and one more non-conference game against Austin P. I don't believe Memphis will be in the top 25, even though they'll inch closer now after the performance against Texas A&M, but you never know. I've been wrong about that for a couple of couple of weeks when Memphis ended up 26th. I thought they would be in the top 25. Their resume looks really good. You think about what they've done so far this year. They had a horrible first half against Villanova. They had a suspect first half against Missouri, able to come back and win that game. Ole Miss, down the stretch, didn't make the plays. Lost a game that they probably should have won, but then again, they've struggled in Oxford. And then struggled for a good portion of the VCU game before making the plays. This team is making plays down the stretch for the most part. VCU, they made them in overtime. And so now Clemson will come in, and and they're an undefeated team. I haven't watched Clemson. I know they're good. They obviously have that type of record. Jerry Palm texted me. He was in Toronto. He watched them play. He saw them play TCU. He doesn't think they're that good a team. But we'll see. Saturday, they come to Memphis. Then it's Virginia. And you're talking about a 180 from what Memphis does offensively. They want to push it. Virginia wants to slow it down. A deliberate-style offense. Virginia's off to a good start. They always are. And then seem to fade in the tournament, except for the one year. And then you have Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt's just been, quite frankly, horrible. But you have another SEC opponent in Vanderbilt. So you've done a good job in getting yourself in position to now come home for the first time in a month, win some big home games, and set yourself up for what will hopefully be a great run in the conference, and it should be a great run in the conference, and then a much better seed than what you have had. You're trying to stay out of that 8-9, stay out of that 7-10, get to at least a 6, and they've given themselves a a fighting chance. And again, over the weekend, with the Ole Miss win and 
you know they were they were able to move up, make a big jump in the net. So that loss is now a quad one loss. Villanova has moved back up. That loss is now a quad one loss. The win over Texas A and M is a quad one win. So they went into the weekend having zero. They were technically zero quad one games. Now they are. They have three of them, and the two losses are both in quad one. So it makes it look better. The, the Tigers made a big jump. They are up to 40th in the net rankings um, with a couple of big opportunities. If you were able to win against both Clemson and Virginia, um, you could move up a, a lot further in those net rankings as well. So certainly this is an opportunity ahead of them to um, continue to build a resume, and that's what, they, that's what you have to do. You know, the, they were... Um, and you hope that Ole Miss keeps winning. You hope that Arkansas can start winning some more games. You hope Villanova wins. You you know, just hope all these teams you keep playing keep on winning, um, whether you won or lost against them, because you want you want the losses to look as good as possible, and you want the wins to look as good as possible. And who looks good? Who looks the best right now? Who has been the guy since the beginning of the season is David Jones, and David Jones was. I'm trying to remember. Was he the last addition? To this roster by Penny? I don't know if you, I don't, I'm not sure when he got committed, all that stuff. Well, remember, he was not, the, the word was he was coming to Memphis. There was a commitment to Memphis, but he was not with Memphis on that trip to the Dominican Republic. He played for his country, he played for the DR national team in that one game. And I remember vividly talking about that the next day saying, you know, David Jones was great in that game. And I said, it was he great because he's playing with a team he's familiar with, players he's familiar with, and they made him better than than maybe what he was because these are national team members. And they're playing against a Memphis team that was a bunch of guys from all over the place and not had... They had some practices, obviously. They were able to practice before they played in those games, but really didn't have that camaraderie and the chance to to find that togetherness. So I wondered really how good David Jones was. I knew he had to be pretty good. He made Memphis look silly in that game. (laughs) He was the best player out there for a, a good portion of that game. And then you find out that, yeah, he's really that good. David Jones is that good. Now, again, as I said in hour one, down the stretch, David Jones... You want the ball in his hands, but David Jones, when you're trying to run out the clock, is not the greatest ball handler. That's when he has to give the ball up to Quinterly or somebody else who has the ability to dribble past opponents. He tried to dribble through three or four guys. He turned it over a couple of times. So he's not the greatest with the basketball when it comes to that. Now, one-on-one, beating his defender off the dribble, pulling up, hitting threes, all that stuff. Fantastic. Plus, he rebounds the ball incredibly well. But get the ball to Quinterly. These are things, that, again, they will definitely work on. We'll talk to Andy Borman about it on Wednesday morning when he joins us. They need to, and I, I still think it wouldn't have been a bad thing for Penny to have Jalen Young in the game, to have another ball handler. I don't know why he, he didn't, but that was his choice. shooter. Yeah, but you get the ball and you give it back. You get the ball and you give it back. He's not going to, again, you don't hold on to the ball. You play hot potato with it. Down the stretch, they made it interesting for Texas A&M. That was a 14-point game that became a four-point game. I never thought they were going to lose. But, yeah, I, I think you have as many ball handlers as you can in that game. 
The um, one thing with Clemson is they do have a really good big man. Uh, now he's he's the a new wave big man that he will step out on the court. And he'll knock down threes. So it'll be interesting matchup. But he is he's good. Um, averages twenty points per game. Averages about eight rebounds. Averages a couple of blocks. Um, shoots forty percent from three point range. I mean, he is he is a really good big man, um, and obviously, again, we, we don't know what the Jordan Brown situation is going to be, but um, how the Tigers are able to match up with a six ten guy that can go out on the perimeter and also do some things in the paint that will be a big part of that Clemson game coming up this weekend. Well, folks, if you're ready for a new Silverado All-Star Chevy right there in Olive Branch, has financing down to 1.9 or up to 10,000 cash. Plus, make no payment for 90 days, and your good credit deserves that. Check out all the red tag deals they have at All-Star Chevy, Tahoe's, Equinox, Trailblazers. Families love the Traverse with the third row seat so you can do more together. Christmas, holiday trips. What are you doing New Year's Eve? What are you driving? How about an Equinox from All-Star Chevrolet? Military, teachers, college students, healthcare workers, you get an extra $500 bonus. If you want a certified pre-owned Chevy or any pre-owned, All-Star is loaded up with them. If it's not here, just ask Jeff. He'll find it for you. In fact, Kevin and Jeff and everyone here at All-Star Chevrolet can take care of you. And they asked me to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year on their behalf. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett, not Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Find new roads to All-Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. To reveal the full spectrum of its dazzling color. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. We will dive into the National Football League coming up in hour number three, week 14. Very entertaining with two more games to go. Yes, two Monday night games including the Titans and Dolphins. We'll have that game for you beginning with the pregame at 7 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. All right, so we've been talking about the Tigers and their win. The Grizzlies, they lost on Friday, but they're back in action tonight, and we're about eight days away from the return of Ja Morant. Just four more games to go without Ja. That's tonight's game, Wednesday's game at Houston, Friday's game at home against Houston, and then one week from tonight, they'll play Oklahoma City. Jaws' expected return will be Tuesday of next week at New Orleans. Now, will that coincide with the return of Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard? Where are we with those guys? It's got to be getting closer. Uh, I would not be expecting them to be playing. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure where we are <clears throat> on the timeline of when they made the announcement about when they'll be reevaluated, all that stuff. But um, smart, certainly, I don't think we're 
I mean, they were, it was a three to five week deal, so I don't know. And, and he that, just hit three weeks. So, I mean, that's, I don't know when we'll get another update on him. Maybe we'll get another update here soon and give us more on that. Kennard, what was Kennard? He was supposed to be reevaluated in two, two to, to three four? weeks or something like that, I think. Why does it always I, seem to be the latter? I don't know if it's, I don't know when that, so I don't know when that reevaluation will take place as far as he is concerned. Yeah. Why does it always seem to be the latter? They say three to five, it always seems to be five. Or two to four, it's always four. Well, actually, three to five has turned out to be 21 months. So, I don't know. <laughs> well, all bets are off when it comes to Steven Adams. But again, tonight, no Kyrie Irving, no Grant Williams. Green's out as well. Correct, Josh Green? Mm-hmm. Good opportunity, although, can you slow down Luka? You can't stop Luka. You can only hope to contain him. Uh, Luka... While being in the Mavericks lineup, no matter who has been in the lineup with him, they've won nine of the last ten against the Grizzlies. Remember, the Grizzlies won their last meeting, what was it, a week ago? Less than two weeks ago, in Dallas. But there was no Luka. Kyrie played in that game, but no Doncic. Doncic is expected to go tonight for the Grizzlies, who come in at 6-15. and And as I said... I think eight's the magic number. It doesn't guarantee anything. Again, eight and 17 is not anything to write home about, but there's just something about the eight wins when I do all the math and come up with 40 or 41. 40 got you into the play-in last year in the West as the 10th team, and that's not going 57-0 and 0 with Ja Morant's return. It's going a respectable number with Ja. You talked about this number on Friday, I think it was, where they had won two out of three. Every time Ja played two of the three games he played, they would win. So I think there's that... That was that, last year. Last that, year was, that was last, last year, right. Last year, they basically won. They had a basically a 66% winning percentage with Ja Morant. Now, again, there's a lot of other sure. factors that are thrown in that, but if you can do that, and I use the number of 48 games of Ja playing because um, he's going to miss some games once he gets back. But if he plays, and just for easy math purposes, if he plays 48 games, that would be just in those 48 games, if you win on the same ratios last year, basically 32 wins. So even if you have six whatever now, you still that still would leave you nine games out there of games he's back for but not playing in. Right. But that's where I came up with the 40 with 30, with getting eight wins added to the 32 that you had talked about. That's 40 wins. And again, that's nine games where you don't know, well, is he going to play? Will he not play? Look, he's not going to play 57 games. We know that. But you hope, knock on wood, that he'll play the bulk of them unless, God forbid, there's an injury. And then you'll have guys coming back. The reinforcements, as they say. Pretty good reinforcements to get back Marcus Smart, and Luke Kennard. Now, he has not played one game. Ja has with Marcus Smart. So we'll see how that dynamic works. But it gives them a fighting chance. But I love the number eight. Doesn't mean they'll get in. Doesn't mean they won't get in if they don't get to eight. But can they win two out of four in the next week or so? I think it's a great opportunity tonight with a bunch of guys out for Dallas, despite them having one of the best players in the league in Luka Doncic. I think you could split with Houston. You lost to him the first time. You got Wednesday on the road, Friday at home. Friday will be real interesting with the return of Dylan Brooks and then Monday at Oklahoma City. So I'm thinking maybe tonight, win the home game Friday against Houston, lose the other two, you're 2-2, two and two, you go 8-17. and 17. There's your 25 games, Ja returns, and we'll see what happens. At least it gives them a fighting chance. All we've talked about is treading water. Treading water. 
and they've won three of their last five games. It wasn't a great game on Friday, but again, this is a Minnesota team playing as good as anybody. Even the, with the, Anthony the, Edwards getting hurt? The Houston game at home, I mean, Houston's won one road game all year, so like that's a game you right. need to win. Exactly. Uh, tonight, certainly there's an opportunity because of all the guys that are out for Dallas, but it's still going to be difficult because Luka is Luka, and um, like he did last week, he could go for a first half triple double, <laughs> and he's just that good. Um, but if you can somewhat control him, um, then and hope that you know the Tim Hardaway Juniors guys like that don't go off from three point range. Derek Jones Junior. Some of those guys, if you cannot have that happen and somewhat control Luca, certainly um, you've got an opportunity to win tonight. Uh, you want you need Bain to play well. You need Jaron to do their things and uh, give yourself an opportunity. Uh, be nice to get another home win. Uh, they've been very difficult to come by, so it'd be very nice to at least uh, show the home fans another home win here along Con- the way. Confetti would be nice. Streamers, streamers, whatever the hell it is. Something coming down from the rafters. Yeah, you want to, you know, you want to, you want to keep them in good working order. Using them more than once a month. Would exactly be, would be a would be a nice thing as far as that is concerned. And um, well, how and we're. When did the season start? October what? Like twenty seventh, something like that. So we're yeah, we're approaching two months in, and we're only used them once. But we know it works. It does work, or it did work. No, no, I mean, will work again. <laughs> I mean, you never. I mean, there's always a chance that it that that one time was a one time thing. You, That's it, true. It could the, the rust. It, it should have loosened the rust. You would think it would have loosened the rust. Like, I don't. Know, maybe they do test runs during the day. Maybe they're not ever. Maybe every week they have somebody come in who just. Unloads it just to make sure that it's all good and in working order. I, I imagine somebody up there in the Raptors, they got the little oil can that they gave the Tin Man in, in the Wizard of Oz, and they just squeak a little bit of oil in there, and then it's ready to work. East Coast Wings and Grill, located out in Bartlett, just off Highway 64, Kate Hyde Boulevard, right there between Lowe's and Walmart. If you're not heading to the Grizzlies game, certainly a great place to go watch the game, along with the two Monday night football games. You can check those out at East Coast Wings and Grill. Anytime, any sports on, they're going to have it all on for you at East Coast Wings and Grill. I know yesterday was up there, watch a little football, watch a little bit of the t- the start of the Tigers game up there as well, and a lot of folks up there. Anytime the Tigers are in action, there's always a bunch of Tiger fans there, Grizzlies fans, all of that, and you can enjoy great food like their great wings with 60 flavors to choose from, maybe one of their delicious burgers or one of those flatbreads or many any of the other many sandwiches or salads or anything that you can find on the menu. All delicious stuff at East Coast Wings and Grill, plus 24 draft beers. Any other drink that you need, they've got it for you. 3.30 to 6.30 during the week, Monday through Friday. That's happy hour with two-for-one beers, bucket specials, and more. Don't forget about the rewards program. You can get a rewards card and earn rewards for every dollar you spend there. East Coast Wings and Grill. Get just off Highway 64 between Lowe's and Walmart. So Shohei Otani could actually pay for both FedEx Forum and Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, or at least get close. But I don't think he will. We're coming back. Hour number three, we're talking NFL. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.